you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what's up? James Go here on the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. We got the whiz kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gilhar. What's cracking? Uh, not a lot. It's interesting run here up to the Super Bowl. Lots going on. Lots going on in the world. Uh, tough to follow. Twitter timeline is ablaze these days. <laughs> I have noticed that your Twitter timeline is Well, not uh, just mine, like all the, the stuff coming in. Yes. But yes, I was I was on fire the other day on Twitter. So. I like it. I like, I like angry Gilhar. It doesn't happen often, but no. things that rile me up definitely do rile me up. I like it. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, was cracking? Beyonce's having twins, y'all. Like, Who is? Beyonce. Really? Oh, you've not been on Twitter.com today. <laughs> Did you see the joke, speaking of, where somebody changed her name to Bay Twice? Because it's like, read it <laughs> it's phonetically, to it's Bay Once. Bay <laughs> Twice, because she's having twins. Oh, that's like, pretty good. That's pretty good. But I feel like, I like you know, no, nothing that we talk about today will be as substantial as that. <laughs> it's true. I don't know who you follow on Twitter. I'm not... I'm not privy to that info. I, I did go on Twitter.com today. I did not see. I'm not up on my Bay news. I'm not part of the Bay. Not hive. part of the Beehive. Oh, really, you guys didn't talk about it at your super rich parties that you guys are at together. <laughs> that me and Beyonce are at. Together? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Boom. Got it in her. Oh, wow. Money, money, gra- right. money, Gramps. Oh wow. <laughs> By the way, that is James Coe's new nickname given to. Uh, to him by a podcast listener. Uh, Undaps for that guy. No, big, big daps. Undaps for that Harmon and I both liked the hell out of that tweet. Oh it was God. very funny. Somebody, well, that just... It, also, it's sad because you couldn't be farther away from being a grandpa because your baby <laughs> co is all of, what, two and a half? Well, <laughs> it fits into Harmon's narrative. To yeah, be fair, true. I mean, if we're just looking at the facts, he's closer to being a grandpa than <laughs> the rest of us in this room. That's true. Who have a combined zero children. If Franchise <laughs> is a dad, right, and I am older than Franchise. Yeah, I suppose. The logic yeah. checks out. Right. It all works out. chart. Yep. True. Matt Math, Harmon. y'all. Math. In an era of old facts, James <clears throat> yes. is uh, I'm a grandpa. Is a grandpa. Yes. Math. Money gramps. Period. James. You got money. Oh, my God. How did that develop? <laughs> Already <laughs> off the rails. It's the off season. Uh, man. Kind of. <laughs> sort of. Matt Harmon, the pride of West Virginia. What's up? It's not my off season, man. I'm on fire. I, I am just. <clears throat> this is kind of I'm your season, it. right? This is this is Harmon. You know what? Season. No, no. You know what I have noticed though. For reals, you are you. You're getting back into it. Yeah, I can tell from your tweets the passion's back, the fire is back. Oh, dude, I'm, I can this tell. Is, this is when I really come alive, which is weird because I'm a football writer and <laughs> I, got, I feel like all my content goes on the downslope. Right, I, <clears throat> right, I, right. You know, but well, let's be real. The whole off season now included is take season, and that's part of what you live for. Oh, I live. I true? do. I do okay. live for takes. Right. Um, 
you know, it was funny. I was tweeting back and forth with uh, Rich Rebar, Lord Reeb's on, on Twitter. He Great follow. For Good follow, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, and I had just been, like, you know, like I said, Harmon season, getting excited about charting all these rookie prospects. I'm like, yeah, I forgot how much I, I love the draft. It's addicting. It's super fun to like, oh, look into the these best. guys. It's the best. And then he started he started tweeting me back and forth about these guys, like Devontae Davis, who I loved a couple years ago, who never even sniffed a practice squad. And it's like, thank you for giving me the sobering reminder. <laughs> all in fact. <laughs> incredibly meaningless. Uh, <laughs> but nevertheless, Harmon's season is in full effect. I like it. I love it. Hit the right. gym six days a week. We're ready to go, baby. You're hitting the gym six days a week? Wow, look at you. Yeah, look man. at you, this is, this bro. Is, this is this is, this is Harmon's season. This is what it's God. all about. I was all happy that I was doing P90X twice a week with, and hitting some protein shakes. Wait, every you're only again. doing it twice a week, James? Hey, listen, pal. I don't even know how P90X works. Well, you're supposed well, to do it every day for one. Yeah. <laughs> that does seem to be missing the point. If you, you want to die, sure. I did it. Go I for did, it. I did it for 90 days. All right. Good for you. Look All at right. how good Marcus looks. He's, Stop he's, bragging he's over there. Got, he's got, got some, got some definition hey, on this. Every answer. bit helps, James. All right. Look. Uh, we got a big show in front of us here today. We're going to talk a little bit about playoff challenge, talk about the top scorers from 2016. At the wide receiver position, we will break down their 2016 and kind of look forward to their 2017 as well. We'll close out with daily depth, but we actually got a big round of your top headlines. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Whistles go. Woo! I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Watch the news. Because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. All right. NFL Media Insider Ian Rappaport saying the Browns still very interested in the Patriots' Jimmy Garoppolo. What will the price be? We heard earlier in the year that the price could be a first-round draft pick and a fourth-round draft pick. Would Cleveland give up a first and a fourth to go get Jimmy G. They got two first-round draft picks this year, right? Correct. First er, uh, first and 12th, right, I believe? I believe that's correct. Yeah. At number 12, yep. Mm-hmm. First and 12. So I, I guess I guess my question is, do you guys think that the Cleveland Browns would give up a first and a fourth, even if they gave up a first and whatever, a first and a fifth or something, to go get Jimmy G? Um, does Jimmy Garoppolo going to Cleveland help that offense at all? I mean, do we know anything about Jimmy Garoppolo outside of the Patriots system? Well, we don't. <laughs> I mean, it's all we, that's all we've seen, and even that has been fairly limited glimpses of him. I mean, he had, uh, what, the games a game and this a half? year. Uh, he, had a, he played last year, uh, I believe, a little bit. Right. But we haven't seen much of him, but you know what? I, I like it. I like it in the sense that we at least have seen that he has some skills. He does have some requisite ability to lead an offense, to be successful, and we're talking about pairing him up with Hugh Jackson, who we know had – can develop quarterbacks. I mean, we saw what he has done in the past with quarterbacks, and so uh, you know, I, I I understand the trepidation in Cleveland because they, you know, spoiler alert, they have not had a good track record with quarterbacks in the last couple of decades. <laughs> you sure? Um, so I, uh. yeah, a football jersey told me that once. Um, so I mean, I I think there's reason to be encouraged here. I mean, and look. If you're going to go out and spend, spend on a guy you think you can develop and turn into that guy. And, and I, I do have faith that Hugh Jackson can develop him. Now, didn't Cody Kessler kind of outperform our expectations of him this year? Doesn't that kind of also go uh, to your point, MG, that Hugh Jackson has done pretty darn good with quarterbacks? Yeah, absolutely. But I don't. I, at the same time, I don't think anybody here believes that 
Cody, Cody Kessler is the, the answer. <laughs> right, he's not the answer. So Cody Kessler showed that he can be a really good backup in yeah. the NFL, which is nice for them. It's a, to, it's to a have. luxury to have. It is definitely a luxury to have. Uh, now, I guess the thing with trading for Jimmy Garoppolo is that you know the Browns hold the number one overall pick in the draft. I don't think they'd send that pick. I think oh, they'd no try way. to send twelfth <clears throat> overall pick. Right. Uh, it, I mean, our our analysts here that do mock drafts, I think only one of them and Chad Reuter had a, a quarterback going number one overall, and he had Deshaun Watson. That does like see, that seems to be the contrarian opinion that uh, a quarterback would go number one overall. Hundred so, percent. I, I don't know. This is a this is an interesting this is an interesting situation because like. I don't know. How often does this really work out, like trading for the the other team's backup? You know, and I know we should take things on a case-by-case basis. Right. I mean, there's the Matt Schaub example, and I think that's probably the best one. Yeah. He came from Atlanta, uh, went to Houston, worked out. But, you know, at the same time, he was also working with one of the best quarterback developers in NFL history right. uh, in Gary Kubiak. So, yeah, you're right. Uh, it doesn't work out. That I, and I'm super Matt Castle did okay for a little bit with the Chiefs. Yeah, he had one. He had I was at one really one good. really good year, and, and it was then okay. fell off. Oh my god! And but his I mean, first, his first year was bad. Now look, let's also not forget that there was a lot of hubbub about Kirk Cousins netting a first round pick for Washington. They okay. decided not to trade him, and now he's a franchise quarterback for them. It's right. True. Uh, with the way Tom Brady's playing, and I, I mean, we could always expect the the cliff to fall out at any point with eight quarterbacks. But you would imagine Brady. I mean, he looks like he's got at least two to three more years left which is crazy but it might just be so yeah you would probably want to get what you can out of garoppolo now but i mean for the browns it's just like i don't know if the deal makes sense for the Browns. i you know what quite to be honest with you i don't know if it makes sense for anybody yeah i mean garoppolo just like i think the thing i think the problem with this and i because I, like i said this is something that I, i'm never in favor of is like trading for the backup quarterback it's like long been a thing that's annoyed me uh the thing with that is like and especially with the Patriots, every time they get a backup quarterback, everybody's like, they're going to be trading him for a first-round pick in a couple years. We did it with Ryan Mallett. That didn't happen. Then when Garoppolo, they take him, the same thing has happened. And so then Garoppolo goes out and has, like, one good game, one really great half against the Dolphins, and then is hurt. We never see him again this season. Right. Is that just confirmation bias that we saw one and a half good games out of him, and now we're assuming, yeah, of course he's worth a first-round pick <laughs> because that's what we thought for the last three years. I'm using right. the royal we. But yeah. my, my point to that is just, like, this is a – a really big unknown. If you're going to take an unknown, why wouldn't you just? If you think Deshaun Watson or Deshaun Kaiser or any of these other guys is like has a pretty good shot at being a solid starting quarterback, yeah, why wouldn't you just take that guy at number one and try to develop your their own? Deal, their player? deal will be a lot a lot cheaper, and you get him for four slash five guaranteed years, right? But I think, but I think the 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 issue, the counter argument to that is that they don't consider Garoppolo to be an unknown. They maybe they don't know the full depth of what he can be. That's true, but. They can already. You don't have to project what he might do against NFL defenses because you've seen what he can do against NFL defense. And I think the thing that you're saying, Marcus, too, is that his floor is higher. Uh, to use fantasy terms in real life, is it though? <laughs> I mean, Garoppolo had some big well, red flags as a prospect too. No, no, but his but Jimmy G's floor versus like Deshaun Watson's floor. You know what I mean? Like the floor for Watson is completely unknown. I mean, it's zero. Yeah, but I mean. It, it, the guy is either the answer or he's not. Okay. Like, that's the big thing. Like, he's either a, a, a starting NFL quarterback, a plus starting NFL quarterback, or he's not. And either way, the move is bad if that doesn't end up being what it is. And I don't think we can say with any sort of real level of confidence 
that we know that Garoppolo is that guy. All but right. that's just me. All right, there you go. We'll stay in the division. Love Wait, Bell. Real quick, can I go back? You gave Patriots credit for it, but the Packers started that trend under Favre. Uh, Hasselback, Brunel. No, no, no. Then... I would. I didn't mean the actual execution of right, it. I mean the media's obsession yeah, yeah, yeah. with it. And bo- by the way, both of those trades for backup quarterbacks worked out well as well. That's very true. Looking at the, the, the hashtag trends. Granted, Brett, so why don't somebody just trade for Brett Hundley? <laughs> I, he's there. He's. I mean, if you if you read JS comments, uh, plenty of people <laughs> thought he was the best quarterback in Green Bay at times this year. <laughs> oh, boy. Still baffles me. Anyways, oh, let's move on. Sorry. I didn't mean to we'll stay in the division. AFC North. Lev Bell told Good Morning Football he's still determining whether or not he does need growing surgery, uh, likely to be franchise as well. Uh, we know that Lev Bell will be back there in Pittsburgh uh, in some capacity, but the fact that he's waiting this long, and let's say he goes under the knife this late in the game, that's that's red flags, right, going into next season? It's like a, it's been a little over a week since he suffered the injury. I don't think it's that late into the season. He's seen, gotten two opinions. He's getting a third right now. I guess. It just seems like he's dragging his feet on this thing. I think he's just more uh, interested in keeping up his streak of not playing week one. It's <laughs> <laughs> a hell of a streak he's right now. <laughs> yeah, no. It's just something, you know, I just, I just don't want to be there week one. There's all this pomp and circumstance. I don't, you know, I, I just don't need it. I don't I, need uh, it. Talk about Harmon season, D'Angelo Williams season. <laughs> week that's, one, that's week one. Uh, I will say, I understand him from a business side, though, trying to take a more measured approach to this because – even if he does get franchised, you know he wants to make sure whether he gets surgery or not puts him in the best place to perform as well as possible next year, so he can net himself a fat deal as pro- arguably the league's top running back. That's so true. it makes sense why he'd want to get a third opinion on groin surgery and not just talk to one guy who's like, "Yeah, you should get going to the knife." And he's like, "Okay, cool." Uh, that's true. All right, Carson Palmer. This is an interesting story from Fox Sports nine ten in Arizona. Uh, Mike Jarecki reporting that Carson Palmer has pulled his kids out of school. What does this all and mean? Put his house on sale. Put, put, put his house on sale. It, it's created havoc on the Twitter sphere in that maybe is it possible that Carson Palmer's walking away from the game? By the way, taking your kids out in February, like that's bold. What? That's that's an aggressive move, man. <laughs> I mean, even if you're retiring, kids, just let them finish up school, bro. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't get it. What? No, you, they just I mean, can't. I mean, February, June. I mean, what's really? The, <laughs> I don't understand. Like, okay, let's say you're going to retire. Do you need to pull your damn kids out of school in February? Well, I think. Right. I think. Carson right. Palmer, you know, I don't know. I was uh, going to make some joke about education there. But I can't remember. Okay. I lost it. <laughs> I feel like you're probably going to take a shot at USC or something. Um, no, I don't know. All I know is, seriously, though, between, yes. between you know, this news, Carson Palmer you know, potentially retiring, Larry Fitzgerald not yet saying what he wants to do. A lot of uncertainty. Yeah, uncertainty there. You've got Lev Bell potentially having surgery. Yeah. All of a sudden, Ezekiel Elliott might be the RB1 by default. You know it. Yeah, so we were saying last You know it. James and I were saying last week. He's Let's not go. The safest looking <laughs> outlook of these guys, you know, as safe as it could be. But, you know, I mean, I, I know somebody tweeted me, like, right after this news happened, and I said, like, let's maybe wait for something official before I start cranking up the take machine. Okay. Right. Uh, so I, I don't know what to, I mean, let again, let's let something really happen. But, you know, this. This is one thing about everybody wants to throw Carson Palmer to the, uh, or some people do want to just throw him to the street or, you know, get him off the roster because he's old and, you know, throw some interceptions. But he played really well down the stretch, in my opinion, in a really bad environment. And if he was to leave, it would open up 
a lot of questions all over the Arizona offense. And, yeah, suddenly these two running backs that just dominated in fantasy last year on a per-game basis in terms of Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson, they certainly already have question marks in their outlook, which is much more of what we've seen from top running backs in in years prior. Uh, Backup quarterback situation there in Arizona, not great. Drew Stanton is somehow still... They're, they're still hanging still around there. Dancing his way into a paycheck. They have they have <laughs> definitely played the quarterback position really risky there since <clears throat> Palmer and, and they've had Stanton, but they've have they haven't been able to develop any young talent. I mean, they had Logan Thomas for a minute there, but LOL Logan Thomas. Right. I mean kind of similar to you know, we talked about Lev Bell, similar to Pittsburgh. They have not done a good job with their backup quarterback situation there. Right. Interesting what will happen in the draft. I would imagine I think Arizona has to address quarterback there but we'll see uh they may just think well Carson's going to come back and we're going to make one big final push for the Super Bowl but oh well we'll find out hey Lance Zerline just released his first mock draft you can find it on NFL.com uh, of the headlines he's got Miles Garrett going number one to Cleveland that doesn't surprise many folks I don't know if you've ever seen Miles Garrett play over at Texas A&M but he is a freaking beast he's he also good. loves tacos so does he uh, he, yes. He wrote a letter you know, thanking the folks at College Station for his time there, and he shouted out his favorite taco joint. <laughs> now, layer to that story, though, yes. you know, I did tweet out that this does immediately make him a, a favorite, a good prospect if he's a, that big into tacos because tacos are, are very, very good. Yes. Uh, however, uh, desk, head desk editor uh, David Ely did some investigative reporting on that taco place. They do not serve pork tacos, which is a pretty big red flag, actually, if a so like no car, no carnitas or anything? no carnitas. There's no wow. pork on the menu. They had they apparently oh, had mm. they apparently mm. had to stop. This is a red flag. Exactly. They apparently Character had to stop. Red flag. Uh, it now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, to be fair to him, to be fair to him, they they had to stop serving pork tacos because apparently nobody was buying the pork. pork on the menu, which actually might say something more about our friends in Texas there. In I don't know. Just, it right. just raises a lot of questions about I agree. I, everything, see, I, everything, like, initially it was a big – this is why you always – What's the Yelp rating on that next? place? That's what I want That's a good – I don't remember what it was called. Have so we figured that place? Have we figured that out yet? We're getting really off the rails. How <laughs> we get somewhat back on now? <laughs> okay. Whatever, Cleveland, we're trying to bring you good news about tacos. Come All on. right. Uh, by the way, if Miles Garrett's going to be looking for good tacos in Cleveland, I think he will be uh, sorely disappointed. Uh, that's that's why he's get... trying to bring it there. Yeah, okay. Uh, number two, San Francisco, Zerline has Mitch Trubisky from North Carolina, the we, quarterback from North Carolina. We going. go to Marcus live for a reaction. I understand. Look, the 49ers need a quarterback. There's yes. no doubt about that. Right. Using the number two overall pick, one, to get a quarterback, two, to get Mitch Trubisky. And look, I, I've watched a little bit. I, I definitely need to dig more into his tape. He's pretty good. Good athlete. He's Big arm. He's pretty good. He's a good athlete. He's got a big arm. Um, I didn't see anything, though, so far that has made him worth the number two overall pick. And I went, actually, I asked, and I, I think I may have mentioned this before, talked to uh, Bucky Brooks, who's one of the scouts here at the network, and yeah. also a North Carolina grad himself. Oh, Okay. And asked about Mitch Trubisky. Game and, and the thing he said was, he said, look, you know, I, I think he's he's a good kid and he's a talented quarterback. But I think by the time the draft hype season really cranks up, uh, that he may be made out to be a guy exactly that he's not. And, and the, the name he used uh, was Mark Sanchez. But not, oh, so, no. not so much that, but, but mostly in the sense that, like Mark Sanchez, Mitch Trubisky hasn't started a lot of games in college. I mean, his resume is still very small it's compared true. to a lot of the other quarterbacks in this class, and it's just that he may 
take a little bit longer to develop than some of the other guys coming out this year. You know, I think the the other red flag for me too is is the fact that was North Carolina ever good? Like in football? At football. <laughs> you know, like they were eight and five this year. I don't re- ever remember them being. Oh, okay. North Carolina is really good this year. Yeah, I mean, I because you know, I, I remember starting to hear some of the hype uh, in like December or whatever, and I I made it a point to kind of watch a little bit of the Sun Bowl. Uh, when they played Stanford, I believe it was. Yeah. And, um, again, just there was nothing that I saw in that game that suddenly clued me into why Mitch Trubisky was getting all this hype. So here's an interesting wrinkle about Trubisky, too. Uh, I think this was a couple of days ago. Mike Mayock, our own Mike Mayock, said on NFL Network that – I, I, he said it on TV. That doesn't kind of <laughs> uh, he said that NFL scouts expect Mitch Trubisky to measure in just over six foot one at the NFL scouting. Conference. Oh, really? He's listening at six three. Right, right. Yeah, that would be a big deal. Uh, oh, that's you know, a huge. We, deal. we always, you know, sometimes it's it's silly to over over estimate or over emphasize these like minimum thresholds or whatever, but. You know, was, was, he would be just the third quarterback that, uh, and this comes from Luke Easterling made this point. He'd be just the third quarterback joining Johnny Manziel and Rex Grossman, who are only six foot one or shorter in the last fifteen years to get drafted in the first round. It's hard. So that's and, and and then right away there were reports like he could see a draft day fall, and like maybe that's a little bit of exaggeration, but you know, it th- we these draft things with the quarterbacks especially is a cycle every year. Uh, so I think we really got to wait, you know, to see where All things right. shake out with Kaiser, uh, Deshaun Watson, yeah. who I really, I really like Deshaun Watson. Though there are some, yeah. there's some ups and downs there, and Trubisky, and then Pat Mahomes, even Texas A&M's quarterback, that guy can fling. He's getting a lot of hype. He can fling a football, man. I mean, whether whether I don't know, you know, I'm not a quarterback expert or whatever, but man, that guy throws it far and and hard. Lance Zerline has the Bills at number ten taking Deshaun Watson, which is interesting. Cleveland at number twelve, if he falls this far. Lance Zerline says Leonard Fournette could be picked up in his uh, first mock draft. I don't get that pick. Yeah, and I've seen Dalvin Cook mock there, too. A lot of people seem to have Cleveland RB at 12. Yeah. It doesn't make much sense to me because running back is a position we've seen you can find depth at. This is allegedly one of the deepest running back draft classes in years. Yep. And Isaiah Crowell played pretty well last year. Like, I don't understand why they wouldn't fix other issues and just rely on a guy that they have for far cheaper than investing a top-12 pick in a running back. Well, and I think especially when you talk about the two running backs that we mentioned here, I mean, Leonard Fournette can kind of – Isaiah Crowell kind of fills that that same role that Fournette does. Uh, Dalvin Cook kind of is that same guy that Duke Johnson is. So it doesn't really make a lot of sense. And I think, you know, I am okay with taking running backs and high-priority picks if it's the right situation. When it is the – utter icing on the cake like Ezekiel Elliott was in Dallas last year. That's a unique, different situation. But we've also seen when teams burn a high pick on running backs and then throw them into a bad offense, which is Todd Gurley, you know, that is, that can be just kind of a waste of a pick, you know, even if the guy is super talented. So, yeah, I, I think that I would be kind of shocked if Cleveland keeps that 12th overall pick and they take a running back in the first round. Well, I think I think the counterargument to that is if Fournette is one of those once-in-a-generational type talents you know it's even if you do get an Isaiah Crowell he is not look he's great he's a good player but he's not a great player and 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 Fournette could legitimately be one of the all-time greats because he is an animal uh, but you're right they got a, so many needs because they are not deep at any position and the one position where they do have a little bit of depth is running back. Yeah. So, yeah, no, you're right. Um, I will also add, though, when's the last time one of those all-time great generational players ended up in the Super Bowl? Not to, like, pull that cheesy card, but, like, look at the backs that are in the, mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl now. You got 
LeGarrette Blunt, uh, yeah, it's interesting. James White, Dion Lewis, yeah, no, no, Devonta well, Freeman, and Tevin Coleman. Considering your your favorite football team won't let Ezekiel Elliott be great, I mean, you know. What do you mean? It's <laughs> just like, Ezekiel Elliott could have been in the Super Bowl, but no, the Packers oh, had yeah. to go and mess that up. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> hey, guys, uh, yeah. Aaron Rodgers had to go to Jared, okay? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it, 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 that's interesting, too, because, you know, even Marshawn Lynch, uh, who was one of the great all-time running backs, he got traded over there. Yeah. To Seattle. He was not drafted. Was he was true, drafted right. by yep. Buffalo. So, that, hmm, that's interesting. All right. That's why I think from a team building perspective, like Harmon said, if it's the icing on the cake, like Melvin Gordon made sense for the Chargers, even though as as Harmon noted, he got thrown into a bad situation as a rookie, mm-hmm. struggled, balled out this past year, also in a bad situation though. But mm-hmm. like, or like you know, and uh, Ezekiel Elliott. But I just I don't think that'd be a smart pick. I can't see them making it. Like and especially with that like analytics based front office that they have and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's a good point. What part of the numbers are going to point to this pick? Like in a running back. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, I was trying to go back because even like Jerome Bettis, who was one of the all time greats, uh, when he won his Super Bowl, he was well past his prime. Yep. Yeah. Well past his prime. And it's just it's just a te- like we said team building perspective. Yeah. They need help across the offensive line. All right. They need defensive help on defense. Line. I mean, they couldn't even. They had one of the four wor- lowest run play percentages last year because they were never on a game script to run the ball. So does is getting Leonard Fournette really going to help that? I think they need help at quarterback and other places too. All right, Tennessee at number eight. OJ. So I, I don't want to jump in here, but you skipped Mike Williams at pick 13 for the Cardinals. Did I? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. In your rundown here. I must have. Which I would have known if I had looked at it before <laughs> five minutes before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Mike Williams. Yeah, yeah pick right. 13 number, the Cardinals. That would be big. That would be huge. The I latest. Would be. The latest I, I totally glossed that over. Mike Williams is... Oh my God! Yes. How, many, how many Mike Williams wide receivers can there possibly? This be? is at least the third this or fourth is, one. No, right? this oh, is easily a third. This is third. Yeah. Right. Sometimes I think that there was there they, was that Detroit Lions, USC, Mike Williams, and then when he reemerged with Seattle like twenty years later, you know, I sometimes the, think those are two different. That's people, the same. That's guy. the same person. But there's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Mike, Mike Williams, who had that great rookie Mike year and then evaporated. But anyways, this Mike Williams, he's a player I've looked at and. I think he's really good. I think he. Oh, he's a beast. I mean, he's incredible in contested situations. That is really his, his biggest strength. And, and he's you know, a big boy. He's big. This is a downfield passing offense. I mean, that would be a really. He'd be what they what people actually wanted Michael Floyd to be. He'd actually be that player. <laughs> For the record, per Pro Football Reference, there were also two Mike Williams tight ends. Oh, yeah, that's and right. there was uh, another Mike really? Williams that played for the Lions and Dolphins from 89 to 85 at wide receivers. So <laughs> this will be the fourth Mike Williams wide did receiver. That, did that Mike Williams have a Come worthless on, career, Come on, man, too? really? Did he have a what, Harmon? A worthless career, too. Uh, he amassed 292 career yards. There you go. Well, I mean, Mike and Williams are two super common names. So super eventually you're just going to b- bang the two together at some point. Oh, but so, but this, speaking of which, I mean, I, I just feel like if, if this is where the projection is, that – that would signal people are expecting Larry Fitzgerald to not be there. Well, I don't, well, I, I don't necessarily or at least, agree with that. Well, I mean, maybe not even next year, but at some point they do have to prepare yes. for him to not be there anymore. Whether it's whether it's you know coming this year or the year after, whatever, he's not going to be there. You know, obviously they moved on from Michael Floyd, and I think that's where I think that's where this Mike Williams would fit in. Yeah, I think even if even if Larry guarantees he's coming back this year, I think they still look at receiver. Maybe not a pick thirteen, but they have to look at adding bodies because I don't think you really want JJ Nelson to be your number two receiver. I love John Brown, but we don't know where his yeah, health. I mean, you got to worry about his point. health, right? Right. I mean, right. he couldn't play a full complement of snaps because of his sickle cell thing, and who knows? Maybe they manage that better coming after this year uh, because he's still a super good player. But you know, it just might never be the same career trajectory for him. So I, I think it's uh, I think it's a pick they look at regardless of fits. I think they mix in John Brown, JJ Nelson into that you know 
uh, deep threat, you know, take the top off type guy. But man, Mike Williams is just, yeah, he he fits in with that scheme quite a bit, and and you know. Arians has shown that he wants to throw out that three wide receiver set quite a bit. And if you've got Larry Fitz, Mike Williams, and some combination of J.J. Nelson and John Brown, that's that looks good. That looks good on paper, I'd say. Although, it would not look that great if it was Drew Stanton. Nope. Uh, under center. That would suddenly look yep. bad. That would uh, not look that great. Just let David Johnson throw it. <laughs> Wildcat. <laughs> Wildcat, let's go. Uh, Lance Zerline has Tennessee at number 18, taking O.J. Howard, the Tennessee or the tight end out of Alabama. Why you got to hate on Delaney Walker, uh, Lance? I don't. Yeah, that's why you gotta hit my boy Delaney Walker? Why can't you is, add another guy to the mix? Wait, is Delaney is he is he up for a contract? No, he just signed an extension. Oh, okay. He's there for two more years. Right. But he's thirty two though. He's thirty two, and why why not get some youth in there? Why not get a, why not get a little Gates Hunter Henry action Ooh, going on? Okay, you know, you got you got the wily old vet who's turned around his career after he left your beloved team, and you add uh, another <laughs> dynamic threat. He did somehow acquire hands between San Francisco <laughs> and Tennessee. I'm not sure how that. Happened. I have a feeling that. Howard ends up going higher than this, though. Cause no. He, ooh, why not? Because no. he had a great senior bowl. By all accounts, he was pretty much like the best offensive player there, no question. Maybe even the best player there. He's super clean from an off-field perspective. Yep. He's going to rip the combine up, most likely. Yeah, and that he, should only reaffirm his high stock. Yeah, but he plays tight end. Yeah, well, there's so few. I mean, look at look at what we we complain on this podcast all the time about fantasy tight ends being so unreliable because yeah. there's just not a lot of clarity of the position. Yeah. And this is really the first class. This is a good tight end in a, that we could actually say that about. Normally, it's like, well, all right, there's a lot of good running backs, good wide receivers, you know, this and this bunch of whatever tight ends. This this could be an opportunity for teams that are always chasing that position to finally find a real solution. Interesting. All right. <clears throat> At number 27, uh, Lance Erlein has Kansas City taking Dalvin Cook, the explosive running back out of FSU. That would be interesting, uh, considering that what they already have there, at running back, Spencer Ware and all the boys. Um, Jamal Charles there. Who knows what's up with that? They have Spencer Ware. Spencer Ware. They have Spencer Ware. Okay. This, this is another pick that kind of surprised me to see Cook last this far. I think he's gone higher in a lot of other drafts. He does have injury issues. I think there's an off-field incident in there, too, somewhere with, with Cook. That yeah, sounds that, like that, a might be right. That is true. Uh, but to me, if he was a clean prospect from those sort of – uh, those sort of angles, you know, they've got the Raiders sitting there at pick 24. I think they'd take him in a heartbeat. I think they've got other teams, you know, the Broncos at pick 20, even uh, even some of these other teams, like ahead of the Ravens at 16. I don't think he would Packers. fall. <laughs> right, but they're they're, <laughs> they're not going to. Yeah, yeah they're, not, I, they're I, not going to. <laughs> Eagles at 14. I mean, Cook is a really impressive running back. I mean, there are a lot of people that think that he's better than Leonard Fournette. So I think that there's a, it's a hard pressed for me to see him falling. He's the, the the only thing with Dalvin Cook, and and I like Dalvin Cook a lot. Um, there's no question, he's super talented guy. He is in the NFL, in my opinion, going to be a system guy. You think? Yeah, because for example, I don't I don't see him fitting. You're going to have to get a, a pass heavy system with Dalvin Cook, and or a system that you have an offensive coordinator that can get creative. But in typical like. You know, I don't see him fitting that well in, like, let's say, like, Pittsburgh. I don't see him fitting that well um, in Seattle. I don't see him fitting that well in Cleveland. I, there's just – he to me, he's more of a system-type running back. And, that, and, and that's not a knock on Dalvin Cook because, quite frankly, a, a lot of the great running backs in the NFL are system guys. All right, so then how about this scenario? The Niners, say, trade down – Kyle Shanahan grabs him. Oh, hello. Treat and has a a yes. you know, a Carlos Hyde Dalvin Cook setup, sort of like Devontae Freeman. I like where Tevin you're going Coleman. with that. 
I like where you're going with that a lot. Isn't that like the same thing we're just talking about from the Browns? Like they need so many things. Why are they going to take a running back when one of their only well, good players thing, though, is you, their running? If you trade down, that means you can potentially acquire some extra True. picks to help fill out some of those holes. True. And and Kyle Shanahan's an offensive coordinator. He's going to want to fix the offense, right? I mean, that's his <laughs> thing. You know what I mean? Like, he's going to want to fix that offense. For... All right, we'll move on. Uh, Pittsburgh at number 30. Lance Erline has Corey Davis, the wide receiver out of Western Michigan. This guy is so interesting to me. He's really good. Uh, 6'3", 215. He's got a 40 time estimated to be in the high 4'4", so like 4'4", 8", 4'4", or something like that. Uh, we'll see at the NFL Combine. Well, we might not see at the NFL Combine because NFL media insider Ian Rappaport. Oh, it hit me reported that he has a he suffered an ankle injury while training and he might not make the combine. Interesting. All right, but anyways, regardless, uh, the uh, the limited amount of tape that I've seen on Corey Davis, he is a good player. Yeah, he's he's, he's a good player. Good. He's hard to find a fall <clears throat> in. And if, if Pittsburgh gets this guy at thirty, that would be sick. Well, especially because you know they're going to trade Antonio Brown and everything, right? Uh, Jesus. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> negative. But they would have a guy who has a a big body, uh, speed on the outside. And and he would not allow teams to take that safety over the top and cover Antonio Brown, at at least at least in my opinion. But uh, that pick there at number thirty for Pittsburgh would be very very interesting. All right, this is a good segue into the Reese's Senior Bowl that was on Saturday on NFL Network. Uh, our guy MG Marcus Grant uh, watched that, wrote a great piece. You could find it NFL.com/slash. Grant. Grant. I was like, NFL? it's also uh, it's also pinned to the top of my Twitter feed. Okay, well, so, there so there you go. There you go. Uh, give us a report, MG. Well, yeah. Now, my, mind you, most of this was based on what we saw during the week of practice because the thing about the Senior Bowl is everybody shows up for practice and then most of the scouts leave <laughs> and don't actually stay for the game. Um, I will say, if you are talking about the game, uh, maybe the one guy who really stood out more than anybody else was Zay Jones okay. uh, from East Carolina had – uh, a number of great catches. His stat line, which actually was pretty good, still doesn't reflect everything he did in that game because he had a couple of really great catches. One uh, where the quarterback led him too much and he was out of bounds, would have been a touchdown. The other one looked like it was going to be a touchdown, but a penalty called it back, so that didn't happen. But he had a very, very good game. But practice-wise, uh, first off, I think that the guy who did more to help himself than anyone was one we mentioned. That was O.J. Howard. I mean, he was voted as the best player during the week at practices there, he was the guy coming in that a lot of people thought was the number one tight end in this draft. And certainly nothing he did during the week uh, really changed anybody's mind in, in that respect. So, I mean, he's a guy that is going to be very, very coveted, and especially if he has a very good combine. True. Uh, he could very much make himself a whole lot of money. Talk to me about Matthew Days. Matthew Days, the running back from NC State, a guy who had a very good week of practice, doesn't necessarily pop on film a okay. whole lot. I mean, he's a guy who he did a little bit of everything for, uh, for the Wolfpack there. Ran the ball, was actually their fourth leading receiver as well, so really was kind of a jack-of-all-trades. Part of his problem is that he played in the same conference with Dalvin Cook and James Conner at Pitt, who got a lot more headlines than right. he did. And he's a guy who, I mean, you talk about kind of a system running back. I mean, I think he's he doesn't necessarily project as a three-down back in the league, but can kind of be that guy who fills a nice role for some team anywhere. I think from a fantasy perspective, you know, unless, again, unless he has a huge combine, um, he's a guy that maybe you look at late, late in dynasty drafts. I don't know that he's a right now a redraft sort of guy, but he just he has that overall skill set that means some team is going to take a chance on him and give him a chance to be competitive. How about this dude Cooper Cup that we talked about last week? Cooper Cup. I mean, behind OJ Howard, Cooper Cup was probably the second most 
mentioned name oh, yeah. during the week. I mean, the vines coming out for Cooper. Vines. I mean, they were Seriously. sick. I mean, if you if you were at all tuned in to wait, draft wait, Twitter, real, real quick, can we just parse them out for Vine? Okay, yeah. I don't think they were actually vines anymore. I know. I, what are they called? Just, now? They're just native <laughs> native Twitter <laughs> native Twitter videos. The native Twitter videos on Cooper Cup were sick. The NTVs, man. The NTVs. Oh, but uh, yeah, I mean, if you if you are at all tuned in to draft Twitter or scouting Twitter, uh, there was a point last week where you couldn't avoid the name Cooper Cup. No, and I mean, he's a guy who just certainly wins uh, with his routes. He's got good quickness. He can get open pretty much in any situation. Um, and one of the things I said to these guys is that uh, I'll just say it the way I said it. Look, I know it sounds bad, but he has deceptive speed. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, no, because no, no, because he really is not going to run a fast. He's uh, not going to say run a fast forty. 40. He's and, not. Uh, but you know, again, like you watch him, and he looks like he's laboring when he runs. But at the same time, isn't that funny? He looks so awkward he when he runs. Man. He looks like it's hard and he's struggling. But when he has the ball in his hands, he starts running away from guys. Yeah. Um. So that's certainly something that to keep an eye on. And I think you know, one of the things hearing people kind of talk about it uh, after the fact is that. He doesn't necessarily have to run fast at the combine. He just has to not be slow. That's true. And I think that's going to impact a lot of what happens. I have no clue what his 40 time is going to be, although I think they're estimated to be in the high four fives, which is which would be totally which is fine. fine. Honestly, that should be totally fine. That's totally fine. I mean, everything else he does very well. Like I said, he wins in his routes, has great hands. Yeah. Um, I mean, they just people really struggle to cover him all week long. So he's going to be another guy that I think is going to really – uh, open some eyes. Definitely a dynasty pick. I think you know if you were looking for a late round flyer, perhaps depending on the situation he lands in, he could have some appeal for you. His routes are sick. Uh, the the routes that he runs, it's it's sudden, it's quick, uh, and he was winning against decisive. guys. He was winning against some of the guys who were the top DB prospects in this draft too. I mean, he was going out and having really really good routes and having good days of practice. There's a couple other sleeper running backs from the Senior Bowl too. Cream Hunt out of what is it? It's Tulane, right? I thought he was Toledo. It's either Toledo or Tulane. Whatever. Anyways, the point is, he's like a a pass-catching back, a a specialist that can really win the ball in the air, and he might fit at a place like Indianapolis or something like that. That Uh, Toledo, by the way. Toledo, yeah. Yeah. Toledo, Tulane, you know. A lot of of T's, a lot of O's. Completely in different locations, but, you know, whatever. (laughs) Whatever. Are they, though? If I I ask the common listener, tell me where Toledo is and tell me where Tulane is. How many people are going to know? Greg Very Rosenthal. True. Greg Rosenthal. Would okay, I'm saying That's the common is a proud graduate <laughs> yeah. of Tulane University. Oh, is he's he? also he is he's a Tulane grad. Yes. Isn't he the lowest one on their common ran? <laughs> first of all, I have no. I'm not 100 percent sure, but is Toledo in Toledo, Ohio? Correct. And, and then Tulane, is Tulane is in Orleans. I was going to say New Orleans. Yes, okay. no. correct. Uh, need to pronounce it Orleans. Yeah, but anyways, uh, Kareem Hunt. <laughs> he had a pretty good week of practice. He like racked up over 100 yards in the game. I think on only 15 carries or something like that. And then Jamal Williams. Williams out of BYU is a guy I was reading DJ's uh, write up on him after his bowl game, uh, his final one there at BYU. He said he compared him to Matt Forte, gave him a third round grade. Wowzers! Uh, he he looked good to me when I was watching a little bit of him, and uh, I hadn't seen much of him, but I'd heard good things. And franchise reported from the wilderness. Oh, he had watched him and, and he seemed impressed. Okay, I like it. Let's talk playoff challenge for a little bit here. Let's Alex Gelhar, give me a guy who could go crazy in Super Bowl League. Well, I actually think this would be a good time to help our pal here, Matt Harmon, pick oh. his uh, his next gen stats work. He's okay. been doing a lot of good stuff with that, and he had a piece earlier this week called "What Exactly the 
heroes who can surprise. Who will be the, the surprising hero of Super Bowl League? Which we can spin that for a little fantasy because there were several offensive players in there, Harmon. So give us a quick rundown of, of those dudes yeah, for I guess, uh, those playing. I guess Money Gramps mixed it while he missed it while he was counting his money. Oh, <laughs> wow. Well, anyway. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was that was. Yeah, so, so been doing a lot of next-gen stats work. And this one, yeah, obviously talking about like guys that could be that, you know, it's we always focus on the quarterbacks. So it's like who's going to be the big Super Bowl MVP. But there's always a guy like Dexter Jackson with the Bucks back years ago. David Tyree, those guys that pop up for Malcolm big plays. Malcolm Smith. Right. And so speaking of Malcolm, one guy that I think could be that player is Malcolm Mitchell this week. Uh, he's going to run, I think, a lot of his routes against Jalen Collins, who's been playing pretty strictly right corner in the postseason. Uh, Collins is talented, but he gives up big plays. And I think that, you know, the, the Falcons are going to do a lot to limit probably the deep ball and of course obviously focus on Julian Edelman that could leave Mitchell with some favorable matchups and he really got back on the field played over 60 percent of the team's plays last week uh, in his first healthy game in a while so he's somebody that I would I would look out for of course everybody knows I'm a big Malcolm Mitchell fan but uh he could certainly fit the bill as that surprising Super Bowl hero the running backs are one that I think could be uh, that is the New England pair of, of James White and Deion Lewis the uh the Falcons have really struggled to Give up or to defend running backs out of the backfield. They've been targeted the third most this regular season. Had 85 catches against them. That's the second highest. Um, they've given up, uh, I believe, the most touchdowns to running backs out of the backfield. So that's those two could easily come into play. Uh, you know, Lewis is the bigger name, but White has been really impressive too this year. So I wouldn't be shocked if those guys um, if those guys make some big plays. And you think about it too, like Atlanta has. Deion Jones, Devondre Campbell, these two rookie linebackers who are really fast and good in coverage, but you'd think that Bill Belichick would target rookies right there in the middle of the field as somebody that we that he would want to go after. That kind of spins me into Atlanta's defense, and I think a lot of people playoff challenge DFS if you're sick enough to be playing it in the Super Bowl. They're gonna <laughs> they're gonna use that Patriots defense because it's the number one scoring defense or whatever. But I would really look at Atlanta's attack because for one, Atlanta's offense is really good. I don't know how much the Patriots can really shut them down, and I think Atlanta. Has has a chance for some turnovers. Big reason would be Keanu Neal, uh, the rookie safety there, who has five forced fumbles this year, 72 solo, solo tackles. He's come on big time. Yeah, and so this is next-gen stats angle for Keanu Neal. He ranks fourth among all safeties this year with 4.83 second time to tackle. Uh, that's really impressive. The NFL average is 5.2 seconds. And then he's uh, he's third among all safeties with an average of 17 yards of raw distance travel to tackle, 17th lowest, or third lowest, that is. So that really speaks to how quickly he closes, forces those big hits. You know, with all the action probably being in front of him with the Patriots' short passing game, I think Keanu Neal could make a big game-changing play. We're going to find out in the first two or three series whether or not Atlanta's pass rush can get to Tom Brady uh, if they do, this will be a much more interesting Super Bowl game than than I think a lot of folks are anticipating. Uh, you talk about you know w- one of the best defenses in the NFL, uh, in the Patriots, taking on one of the best offenses in the NFL, uh, in the Atlanta Falcons. If the Patriots have struggled anywhere in Super Bowl history, right, it, it's not against good offenses. It's been against good defenses. Um, and Atlanta, if they're going to win this game, they're going to have to attack from the edges as they did against the Packers but uh, very quickly oh by the way you can go uh, if you want to go play set up a home game for you and your buddies uh, play for jelly beans do so nfl.com well they can actually play for money other people can 
I don't know what you're speaking of. Yeah. NFL.com yeah. slash playoff James count. doesn't need to get <laughs> Who was that? Risk there was, any, there was a rogue money. person in the studio that took a hold of Marcus's mic. <laughs> he has now left. He just closed the door. <laughs> NFL.com slash playoff challenge if you want to set up a home game yeah. for you and your buddies for Jelly Beans. Harmon, where can they find the rest of your good mm. NGS content? Well, along with this piece, you can yes. find all of the top ten rankings I've been doing for Next Gen Stats at NFL.com slash Next Gen Stats. Boom. There we go. All right. Uh, By the way, real quick predictions on Super Bowl because what the hell? Oh, sure. Why not? Alex Gellhart, give me a prediction. Uh, 34-30 Falcons. I, I had to do. We had to do it for our like write-up thing. Yeah. So, uh, and I had to have a bold prediction. I said four Falcons will score a touchdown. Not Julio Jones, but he will still have a big game. Oh, wow. interesting. MG. Uh, I had the uh, Falcons thirty-four twenty-seven, and my bold prediction is that Tevin Coleman would set a Super Bowl record for receiving yards by a running back. Ooh. What is the Super Bowl record? I actually don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so it could be like two hundred and fifty yards. <laughs> no, I know that the the all-time receiving record for a Super Bowl is Jerry Rice with two fifteen. So. so can't be more than that. Right. All right. So there you go. The top four players in that list were all wide receivers. So. All right. Uh, I'll give you a prediction. I, I think it's going to be Patriots all the way. Uh, again, the speed off the edge does is an interesting component for Atlanta's defensive line, but I just think that the Patriots will be good enough and they'll have schemed enough to protect Tom Brady. And if that's the case... Man, I, I think this is going to be a long afternoon. That's why I said that's why I said thirty four thirty because I I would honestly expect the Patriots to put up points too. But like Harmon said, I think they're going to also have a hard time slowing down that Atlanta attack that has ripped up a very good defenses and route to the Super Bowl. And the Patriots have like the number one ranked scoring defense or whatever, but. They've played some trash teams. The, the quarterbacks oh, yeah. they faced in the last like ten games before the Super Bowl, yeah. like I mean, like Colin Kaepernick. I think did they play him? I forget. It was not good. Matt Moore. Matt Moore. Like <laughs> did they played Jared Goff at some point. Yeah, like it was. Who's bad. not even a real quarterback? Hey, hey, hey! Whoa, I'm sorry. Whoa, pal. hey, sorry, pal. hey, easy, easy. Uh, yeah, no, they I'm played not, Cleveland I'm somewhere not, in that sorry. mix as well. <laughs> no, you're right. They haven't played uh, very good quarterbacks uh, in route to the Super Bowl. But uh, again, I, I just. I just believe in Bill Belichick scheming uh, wise, and I, I think I don't know, man. If he takes away a couple of weapons for uh, for for Matt Ryan, I, I think Atlanta's in for a long afternoon. But uh, I will go with uh, thirty five thirty five twenty eight Patriots. Okay. Matt Harmon, I think the Falcons win. Uh, I don't really know about score prediction. Okay, but that's fine. But you think it'll be give us real high scoring? High scoring? Real high scoring. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting. I, I cannot believe I'm the only guy in here that's right. the Patriots. Cause per SuperBowl.com, sorry to jump you off, Please? Roger Craig, I believe, holds the Super Bowl record for receiving yards by a running back with 101. Okay. All right. Oh, I that's doable. doable. That's totally doable. Oh, that's totally doable. Yeah, that's easy. I will say if you are – you know, somebody that wants to get some jelly beans and you wanted to look into a, a place that likes to put limits on what players might do. Yes. Those those places that give out those jelly beans always underrate the receiving running back. Uh-huh. So if you can decode what I'm saying there. Okay. Go make it happen. Okay. I like it. Jesus. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about top. We're already at like 45 minutes. Let's talk, know, about, talk about top wide receivers. I don't know how the hell we're going to get through this in 15 minutes. Top yeah, scores of 2016. It's going to be over an hour. You're welcome, America. <laughs> you're damn top right you're welcome. For 2016, this week we focus on the wide receiver position. 
Your wide receiver one in standard leagues was Mike Evans. 96 receptions, 173 targets, uh, 1321 in terms of yardage, and 12 total touchdowns. Uh, Mike Evans was 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 pretty good. Was this about as anticipated for 2016, Alex Gellhart? For Mike Evans? Yeah. Uh, 1,312? That sounds yeah, about right. Yeah, I think that's about right. Every, we expected him his touchdown totals to bounce back because everybody was hand-wringing so much over yeah. last year, and it's just, it was just one of those fluke things. Does but he hold it up for 2017? I, th- I think we kind of know his range of outcomes I think 1,310, 10-plus 10, 10 sounds I think about he's right kind of going to fall into that A.J. Green sweet spot of where like his floor is like, what, 1,109 probably. Right. yeah. So he's, he's, he's a wide receiver one. He's probably a top two-round pick for sure next year. Jordy Nelson, your wide receiver two on the year in standard. 97 receptions, 152 targets, 1257 yardage, and 14 total touchdowns. I do believe that led the NFL, if, if I'm not mistaken. Um, MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, Jordy Nelson. Obviously, well, I don't want to say obviously, but was this what you expected in terms of a bounce back? What a weird road it took for him to get to twelve fifty seven and fourteen, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the biggest thing for me because you know, he, I guess maybe it took him some time to kind of you know officially get back up to speed a little bit because you know he didn't start the season super hot. Uh, obviously, when the Packers as a whole got hot, Jordy had a lot to do with that, and, mm-hmm. and he and Aaron Rodgers were were back on point again. Um, you know, I, I don't know that it's a surprise that he's in this top ten, but I think you know overall number two, fourteen touchdowns. Yeah, uh, yeah, a little bit of a surprise there. In terms of 2017, Matt Harmon, 97 receptions on 152 targets. Can he do that again? I think it depends on what other moves they make. I would expect them to add another body at receiver, depending on what happens with Randall Cobb. And I think I think Randall Cobb stays in Green Bay, but it's also hard to say. I mean, his playoff run, I think, might have cemented that. Maybe he takes a home down discount to stay, because he's getting paid an awful lot of money to be not one of their top two receivers at this point anymore. So... I don't know. 97 reception seems like it's a tough task, but it just depends on how much he sustains his own individual performance, which right now I don't really have a a good answer from. But from a metrics perspective, from a next-gen stats perspective, like I've been looking at, he's still got it. I mean, he could still play. All right, Antonio yeah. Brown, your wide receiver. Just Go ahead. real quick, sorry. Yeah. I don't I don't foresee them doing making any moves with Randall Cobb this year either cuz they still have Adams for one more year on his rookie contract and like you said, I don't think it was all just Cobb's play suffering after he got the contract. He's yeah. been banged with injuries oh, yeah. the last 2 years heavily. Oh, yeah which have been the first two years of his big-paying contract. So, But isn't that a, a bigger concern, if anything? I mean, the fact that uh, a smallish yeah. wide receiver who's asked to go in the middle is going to be, you know, slightly injury-prone? Could be. He hadn't He hadn't had a ton, you know, he had did the one injury-plagued season in his, like, rookie contract, too. But, I don't know, it's one of those weird things. Like, you know, the, you're injury-prone until you're not. He's had a strong, healthy track record with a ton of work, so we'll see. Antonio Brown, your wide receiver three in standard scoring leagues this year. 106 receptions, led the NFL. 150, am I right in saying that? I believe I am. Uh, 154 targets, so 106, 106 catches on 154 targets. That's amazing. Uh, 1284 through the air uh, and 12 touchdowns as well. Matt Harmon, your takeaway on Antonio Brown. Actually, he was 20... second in the NFL behind Larry Fitzgerald. Ah, see, I knew this I was true. Larry Fitz had there. one more catch. One, 107. Uh, uh, Antonio Brown's 2016. Mm, yeah, I mean, this was kind of a, an interesting year for – I hate saying interesting. That's such a stupid cop-out. 
uh, analyst word. I'm sorry. This was a, this was a bit different than what you would expect from Antonio Brown because like he had the catches, he had the touchdowns. Yeah. The yardage was a little bit lower than you'd expect, and that was kind of a league-wide trend for wide receivers this year. T.Y. Hilton led the NFL with 1,448, which was way off the trajectory that's normally been occurring for wide receivers has been going up, but we talked about that a couple of episodes ago. I think Brown's going to be great again next year. I mean, that's that's the bottom line. Top five pick? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would take, you know, I mean, I, I prefer to take wide receivers early, and I might still take Brown I mean, over some of the other running backs. This is like Brown's, like, off year. Yeah. Like, he's at that level of supremely talented player and fantasy player where, you know, like, last year everybody's freaking out about Aaron Rodgers' down year, and it yeah. was still like – QB7. Uh, yeah, QB7. <laughs> like, this this is a right. bad year for Brown, 1,200 yards and 12 touchdowns? Okay. Pretty I'll, good. I'll right, take him right, in the top good. five. I, I, think the only, I think the only concern is not so much about Antonio Brown, but Big Ben. Uh, his health, uh, he's getting a little older. He takes a lot of hits. If he misses a lot of games next year, Antonio Brown's value dips, but whatever. That's for another conversation. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., your wide receiver four on the year, 101 receptions, 169 targets, 1367 receiving, and 10 total touchdowns. And one off-season boat trip. And or post, oh, post-season boat trip. Damn it, Marcus. Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> one crying Jordan uh, in terms of a hole punch uh, on the wall. <laughs> Which was a really good one. That's a super good one. Yeah, that was, that oh, it was tremendous. Super, oh, my gosh. Uh, he's going to be fine. He's he's Odell. He'll be good next year. Yep. He was great this year in a yeah, bad Eli year. Even if Eli's bad next year, Odell should be able but to. That's a question, though. Like, I mean, if Beckham is – I mean, well, I mean, if if Manning, to quote his own GM, is on the back nine of his own career, if he does take another step back, that would be a little bit of a concern if you were taking Beckham you know, in the top five, hmm. I would say, again. so I mean, you also have to the, wonder, too, I mean, how much, and it won't be significant, but you know, Sterling Shepard will be another year into his career after a pretty good year this year. Victor Cruz, another year healthier? Whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> You know, look, God bless. played good at times. God bless Victor Cruz, and he worked really hard to get back. You know, I respect that, but come on. All right. But, I mean, Beckham saw 169 targets this year. I would be pretty shocked if he saw less than that. I mean, Shepard saw 105, so I don't know how much more of a a jump you could see him taking from a usage perspective. All right, T.Y. Hilton, your wide receiver number five, 91 catches, 155 targets, 1448 receiving, and six touchdowns for T.Y. Hilton. Uh, Alex Gelhar, is this about what you expected? Or, uh, I don't know, I mean, the yardage-wise, yardage I, I feel like that's about right. Six touchdowns seems a bit low, no? He hasn't been a massive touchdown scorer throughout his career. He's usually in that, like, six to eight range, I think. So yardage might have been a little high. I think I think T.Y. this year performed well, and it was kind of an off year, but he's kind of a back-end wide receiver one, I think, moving forward with Andrew Luck there. Julio Jones, right outside your top five, 83 catches, 129 targets, which is pretty darn low for Julio Jones. Missed a couple games. 1409 receiving and six touchdowns. Matt Harmon, your takeaway from Julio Jones is 2016. Well, this was really, I mean, he his season-long numbers were really dominant. Of course, we know he had multiple games of under 40 yards receiving. And That's right. That kind of speaks to something we talked about all season with Julio is that the Falcons' offense was better overall, not 
solely relying on him, where in 2015 he saw 12.7 targets per game. This year it was down to about 9.2, which is a pretty significant drop-off. So I think we can And there were games where he didn't see very many targets at all. That's what I'm saying. Like they were, you know, because they could beat you with Tevin Coleman and Devonta Freeman rushing and receiving out of the backfield. They found Taylor Gabriel off the wire. Sanu Uh, was reliable. Sanu was reliable. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I think – the, the whole Falcons offense will be super interesting because they can. T- I said interesting again. Jesus, uh, they they can. They're going to take two separate paths. This is a minor little thing that it's annoying me lately. People, anyways, I'm I'm off. I'm off the rails. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm in my own head. <laughs> but my point with the Falcons here is like. <laughs> Their offense is either okay. going to go one or two ways. They're going to have this one weird anomaly season where they scored 540 points, 71 more than the second highest placed team, and there's just this one-year aberration. Yes. Or they're going to become one of the best offenses in NFL history if they can keep up that sort of pace. So what are they going to be next year? What does that mean for players like Julio Jones, you know, Sanu, the ancillary guys? That's going to be a, a question all offseason to me. Mm, interesting. Devontae Adams, 75 catches, 121 targets, 997 through poor, the air. Poor guy. Missed a thousand by three. three. Him and Melvin Gordon yeah, Melvin Gordon, like right, a support group. They should go have a beer together. <laughs> 12 total touchdowns for Devontae Adams. Um Alex Gelhar in 2016, he was, from a fantasy perspective, a great find, yet it, it was frustrating at times playing him on a, on a week-to-week basis because he would have huge games, he would fall off, he would have huge games again. Uh, but your takeaways for Devontae Adams in 2016? Well, I think it was great to t- see him take that next step. And, you know, so many things conspired against him in 2015, the expectations, the high ankle sprain that he played through so much. And we saw he was one of the one of the better players in the league at his just off the line release, especially on slants and stuff. He just spun people around and was consistently getting open. And Rodgers even said that this year Adams became the best route runner on the team. So huh. while his production was a little a little spotty at times, as you said, his ceilings were so worth yeah. worth chasing with him yeah. as a wide receiver two or a flex option because he became a deep threat for them. He also became he was strong in the red zone for them. And uh, you, you had to take the good with the bad. There were still a couple drops, but he also made some spectacular catches and some spectacular plays this year. I would not expect another top 10 finish next year, but I think he's firmly in that wide receiver two range. Well, so, I mean, the top 10 finish is all about those 12 touchdowns. Yeah, exactly. Which are always going to be a especially with, with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. But, right. you know, I would, I would say that I still think Adams at best is a really good long-term number two receiver in the, like in the actual yeah, NFL. Yeah. I don't think, like – Next year we're going to see Adams is the one and Nelson is the two, which you never know. That could end up being a storyline in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Brandon Cook, 78 catches, 117 targets, 1173 through the air, uh, eight touchdowns as well. Brandon Cooks was Brandon Cooks. I mean, you know, he had some big pop games and other games he was not so great. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, Brandon Cooks is great in 2016 and looking forward to 2017. Uh, I mean, I think I think you nailed it in terms of the description. He had some games where he really spiked. He had some games where he was just kind of middle of the road, certainly scoring uh, the number of touchdowns he did helped. Um, I think, you know, overall, I don't know that he had as good a season just on the field as Michael Thomas, who I know we'll get to, um, but he's a good fantasy wide receiver too, and you know, again, he'll he, because he is a Saints receiver, and as long as Drew Brees is there and they're running that same offense, right? 
Um, he will have games when he pops, and he will have games when he will frustrate you because that is just who how the gets, Saints offense operates. Who gets drafted first next year, Michael Thomas or Brandon Cooks? Thomas. Thomas. Yeah, Thomas. I'd take so. Thomas first. Yeah. I think so. I think it's Brandon Cooks might have a little bit more name value, but you're right. I think Michael Thomas is going to start flying up these draft boards. Uh, speaking of, 92 receptions. Uh, he was just one off of, uh, uh, in terms of rankings, wide receiver rankings, one off of Brandon Cooks. Michael Thomas, 92 receptions, 121 targets. Again, more targets than Brandon Cooks on the year. I know it's just four, but he's a rookie. Just keep that in mind. 1137 uh, receiving and nine touchdowns. Again, he had more touchdowns than Brandon Cooks as well. Matt Harmon, your grade for Michael Thomas, he had a spectacular rookie year. Yeah, he was awesome. There's there's really no two ways about it. The question going forward is just like, how good how good can he be? Because he caught like over 75% of his targets. He led the team in targets despite missing one game. I mean, you would think there's nowhere to go but up. Uh, it's just <laughs> – yeah, it's it, – He's he's going to be a fun player to watch because he's already super technically well-developed. It's just going to be about distribution there in New Orleans, which is really the most frustrating part. But he was the most predictable player this year. He was the guy in the red zone. Breeze really liked him right away. So I don't really see any reason why Michael Thomas is not going to be a wide receiver one for the next several seasons. Is he a perfect is, spot? Is he going to be taken in the first three rounds in, in next year's draft? I think, I think so. Third-round pick at worst. I, think, I, I feel like he may be the one – guy in that Saints offense that you feel like you can count on on a weekly basis. Well, the thing about Brandon Cooks was a third-round pick this year. I would imagine that there's really no reason that Thomas would not be a third-round pick in 2017. Okay, I like it. Doug Baldwin, your wide receiver, 10, 94 catches, 125 targets, 11-28 receiving, seven touchdowns receiving, plus he had that one passing touchdown as well. That's super fun. <laughs> Rounding out your top t- uh, your top 15 uh, in order, Michael Crabtree, Amari Cooper, Tyrell Williams, hello, uh, Rashard Matthews was number 14, and Tyreek Hill was your wide receiver, 15, on the year, can we talk about Tyreek Hill very quickly, uh, gentlemen? I'll throw it out to the group here. Tyreek Hill had a very interesting—there's that word again—but uh, <laughs> uh, but he did. He had a very interesting 20, uh, 2016. Um, I'll throw it out to the group. What do you guys think about Tyreek Hill, and can he do it again? I think in terms of can he do it again? Harmon shrug emoji says it all. There. <laughs> Seriously, like the range of outcomes for Tyreek Hill next year is yeah. so wide. <laughs> So wide, man, because, I mean, obviously he contributes in the return game. He contributes in the receiving game. He contributes in the rushing game. I mean, he was a – listen, he was a big changing force in their offense. but Huge. You know, is there going to be some regression on a per-touch basis in terms of his touchdowns, in terms of his yardage? I don't know because, I mean, I've, always, I've already heard people throw out, like, Cordero Patterson comparisons, and – I don't, I, don't know, know. I don't know about all that. The all, and the big difference is, I mean, I think Patterson is still a really gifted athlete, too, that you could do. You're just trying to get him to unblock you on Twitter. <laughs> I would love it if Cordero <laughs> Patterson would unblock me on Twitter. I'm so slighted by that. No, I'm kidding. I know, but anyway, I, know you love, I know you love CPAT. I love CPAT. I can't believe that uh, you betrayed me by, by blocking me. Anyways, um, no, it actually is pretty funny. It adds a real good layer to the storyline. But anyways, I think the difference between – Tyreek Hill coming into his second year and Cordero Patterson coming into his second year is Andy Reid. You know, Mike Zimmer and Norv Turner never really seemed to want to bend the offense around to get Cordero Patterson the ball. They really wanted him to be. I'm old enough to remember when there were reports that they had put 10 or 15 plays for CPAT in oh, the playbook. Man. Remember when he had that one, like, end around or, or rushing attempt? In his first in, game. In first game, one, yeah. And then. Big time. Nothing after that. Then he caught like two passes the next year. But anyways, point being, like I think Reed will still find creative ways to get Tyreek Hill the ball. It's just 
his draft stock is going to be crazy to watch because if it goes real high, that could get pretty dangerous. Yeah. Interesting. I want to give a quick shout-out to Rashard Matthews, too, because he was dogged early in the year, was barely playing any snaps. But That's they, right. It was weird. They turned him into their number one receiver, and he played really well down the stretch with Mariota. Uh, he's the, currently the highest-paid wide receiver on that uh, roster. I'd imagine they go out and get Mariota some more help because Kendall Wright's a free agent, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but he was a beast in the red zone. He caught like 75 or more percent of his targets and uh, had seven touchdowns in space. He can be a deep threat. He's not a pure, like, true number one receiver. Like, nobody's going to scheme to stop Rashard Matthews, but he has, like, zero name recognition, and I think he's going to be a guy that's going to get overlooked a lot in drafts that could be a huge value in those mid to late rounds. All right, so just uh, wrapping up here, uh, Larry Fitzgerald led the league in terms of recept- total receptions at 107, Antonio Brown 106. Uh, in terms of targets, uh, Mike Evans led the league in terms of targets with 173. Odell Beckham Jr. was number two at 169. In terms of yardage, it was T.Y. Hilton, number one in yardage, 1448. So there was not a single 1,500-yard uh, wide receiver. I-, I would imagine we see that trend uh, reverse course in 2017 just something to keep an eye on. In terms of touchdowns, Jordy Nelson was your league leader at 14. Devontae Adams, number two, and so was Mike Evans and Antonio Brown, all there with 12. All right, so there you go. That's your look back at your 2016 wide receivers. All right, we're running long. Let's do the daily daps and get the hell out of here. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the daily daps and hook. Give me daps because I be scribbling right. Give me dabbing up daps and bound daps and hooks. MG, my guy Marcus Grant, give me a daily dap, sir. Uh, I'm daily dapping Patricio Aznar, who was uh, one of our, our listeners, readers, follows us uh, on Twitter. Uh, he and his league, um, he tweeted me, they named their championship trophy after me. What? Oh, right. the, the Grant Award? It's the uh, Trofeo Marcus Grant. Him and his, uh, they're in Mexico. Wow. They're uh, <laughs> their fantasy league in Mexico. Uh, yeah, he sent what? me a picture of it. This thing is pretty fancy, too, man. Like, this is a, I mean, this is like a major national, international wow. soccer championship type trophy. I mean, yeah, that's dope. Oh, my legit. God. That looks can awesome. You, can you hold it up to the glass? Oh, uh, yeah, you won't be able to so see it here, away. Alex. But, uh, oh, that looks awesome. This thing is legit, man. So, wow. Oh, uh, yeah, he tweeted me a picture of it, tweeted me. To tell him to tell me that uh, they named their trophy after me, so man, uh, thank you. I am honored. How is random a- is that? That's right? amazing. Right. All right. Let's go, Matt Harmon. What you got? Uh, skip me. Oh boy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Alex Gelhar, give it to me. Uh, two things. One dap is to Pod Save America, which. Uh, during in the run up to the election, uh, the Ringer had a podcast called "Keeping It 1600," mm. which was uh, done by a bunch of former uh, White House staffers under right. Obama. And uh, after the year, they broke off and started their own media company called Crooked Media and uh, launched Pod Save America, which oh, okay. is a, a clever name. But it's a really good podcast. I mean, obviously, it's left leaning because they were Obama staffers. But these are guys that were in the White House, have a lot of experience, have a lot of knowledge, bring on a lot of great guests, and it's a it's a really really good pro really good program to listen to. I just sounded like an old person there saying <laughs> a program, oh, a, a great a program. program. <laughs> great program on my podcast app. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, uh, shout out to Pod Save America. Uh, I really appreciate what those guys are doing, and it's it's fascinating. Listen, and then second daily dap is to it's total change of uh, subject here yes. to Triple X Return of Xander Cage. Oh no! I went to see it last oh. night at the cheap movie. Had yeah. a couple cervezas beforehand. Okay. I have no idea what the hell happened in that movie, <laughs> but I know I enjoyed the hell oh, okay, out of good. it. Because I can't even tell you how often I laughed during that movie. I don't know that it was 100% intentional. I was going to say, yeah, where the laugh lines, where the laughs, you know, 
on purpose? I, I don't know. I still don't know if, like, everybody did it as kind of, like, some sort of parody art. Like, we know this is even more over the top than anything anybody would expect, and they're going to laugh. Or if they were like, nah, this is what the people want. Like, we'll just ham it up a little bit. Because it was ridiculous okay so like if you want a good time i'm not watching it I'm there's just, i mean to be a, honest there's a lot going on in the world and stuff you want to turn your brain off for two <laughs> hours go see this movie and tweet me your reactions because like i All i right. legitimately I asked my friend when we came out of the theater i was like kyle what was the plot of that movie and he's like i i took you to like stop and try and go back and think <laughs> <laughs> we literally just walked out of the theater, <laughs> and we're talking sure. about all the insane stuff that happened. Uh-huh. And one of the people was struggling to remember the exact. Oh of the movie. my god, Matt Harmon, do you have anything, or do you want me to go? Why don't you just go? All right, I'll go. I've got a trio of daily daps anyway, so I, mine will be a little longer. The NFL skills competition. So good. Was it great. was amazing. Thank you for bringing it back, Shadowy League figures. It was amazing. I can say it was. I was more engaged than I thought I would be with it. It yeah. was. Super fun to watch. First, uh, I was just watching Dan Hansis, and then I was watching it, and I was like rapt attention. That was pure joy, by the way. Watching Dan Hansis watch the skills competition. He, oh, yeah? He was like a kid on Christmas. Seriously, yeah. just giggling he to no end. So your, your favorite uh, competition? Oh, I loved the QB accuracy. Yeah. Yeah. QB accuracy yeah. one was – Dodgeball, awesome. I mean, was – Dodgeball was very entertaining. Dodgeball – well, it was kind of a mess at first, but at the end with T.Y. Hilton? Yeah. Oh, that was awesome. I thought he was going to catch that last one from Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, it was just a it was a mess because there were so many gigantic men playing dodgeball <laughs> in a small area. But that's what made it fascinating because I'm like, I just start hurling them like he's there. It gonna... was great. It, it was, was really fun. It was so uh, fun. And I thought the, the drone drop was going to be lame. That was really cool too. But then it was ended up being really cool. And what did they call it? What was the other one? Like the power thing or whatever, where they had to yeah, yeah, the guys teams. doing like ninja warrior stuff, yeah, like lifting, lifting up walls, and pushing, pushing and a then... seven hundred pound sled, and the running backs are like <laughs> the Kool Aid Man just yeah. running through bricks. That was awesome. I I don't know, man. I I would. I wish I could have ran, ran through that styrofoam brick wall. That looked like a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, so the NFL skills competition, if you haven't seen it, please do. It is – it's awesome. Uh, I'm going to daily dap – no franchise here, but I will daily dap a song that I heard. It's uh, Lupe Fiasco in, featuring Jizzle, who is a female rapper. Um, and they have a new song uh, that's out called Jump. And it is – it's hardcore rap, man. Uh, it, is, it but a, is it a cover of the Crisscross Classic? It is not. Uh, it's, <laughs> it is much better than that. Uh, it is. It is a storytelling rap song uh, from Lupe Fiasco. I, I won't give away the whole thing, but uh, give it a listen, and, and actually, really give it a listen because I love Lupe Fiasco. It is a. Uh, it is. It's kind of a departure from a lot of the stuff that he's done before, but it's good. It, it is really good if you're if you're into hip hop if you're into rap and especially we don't see enough storytelling raps nowadays. Uh, and I thought Lupe Fiasco and, and uh, this female rapper Jizzle uh, did an amazing job. It's it's one of the tracks going to be coming out on Lupe Fiasco's brand new CD that's coming out uh, relatively soon. I guess they don't even call them CDs. What do they call them? Albums because sure buys a damn CD. Digital <laughs> digital things on the internet. <laughs> Mixtape <laughs> programs. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> program. Uh, Lupe Fiasco and Jizzle. Uh, the song is called Jump. If you want to go check it out. Finally, I will give a daily dap out to uh, pour one out for our brother uh, Matt Franchise, who's not here, and, and we're soon going to be pouring one out for the other Matt, Matt Harmon, who is going to be going on sabbatical. This is going to be a Matt free zone soon. <sighs> 
Anyways, uh, the, the wilderness is calling. The work that both of you guys have done this year, uh, tremendous. Uh, really, honestly, the targets and touches thing is just a beast that you guys put out every single week. Uh, there's just so much info in there. Um, and again, I, I know I've talked about this before, but NFL.com slash fantasy uh, really has become a go-to destination for fantasy information. And I don't think people realize it. Preach. Yet. Wow, what an achievement. <laughs> Thanks, Brett. <laughs> uh, so, Matt Franchise, uh, if you're listening, if you've uh, stuck around for this portion of the Daily Taps and, and Matt, Fran- uh, Matt Harmon, uh, I commend both of you guys for the tremendous work you guys have done uh, in 2016. Second. So here, here. Well, thank you. I, I have a Daily Dab now. Good, uh, good. So, I'm going to Daily Dab Twitter user at GHZ Sacred, Martin Clark, because he was the one who started – off an epic tweet rant by me about, well, not even a tweet <laughs> rant, really just a question-answer session on food takes. Uh, uh, he f- just out of nowhere. Oh, my God. I guess I was tweeting about the... Um, Your food take Twitter is bad, worst. Bad take theater is about to begin. I, I was just tweeting about, I think I tweeted something about like the John Lynch hire. I said, now I can aspire to be an NFL GM because I'm an analyst or whatever. <laughs> And then, and then, so he responded. To, I'm looking back at our Twitter action now. Yeah. He responded to that, and then out of a couple minutes later, at me said, "So the people need to know your opinion on the most critical matter: pineapple on pizza, good or no?" I offered my opinion on that, which led to somebody asked me about dipping pizza in in ranch, and then all hell broke loose. About, <laughs> and so I even said to Alex, "I'm like." I'm on a roll here on Twitter. Oh, this is no. this was great. To peel back the curtain oh, into our apartment. No. We had uh, my friend came over to watch the Royal Rumble. My old roommate. Okay. I I don't really I don't have a huge interest in wrestling, but I like okay. getting together with him and watching the the main events. Sometimes they're pretty fun. Yeah. He had left. We were just kind of chilling, and he was on Twitter on his phone. And like he said, he's like it's heating up or whatever. He actually goes to his room, gets his computer, and then cracks a beer, <laughs> so he has full access to takes and can hit him as quickly as possible. Because I just like, tweeted out, I was like, all right. You've got 20 minutes at me with anything you want my take on, oh and I'll deliver God. it. Got too big for his phone in an instant. He's Jeez. grabbing his laptop, opening I a say, beer, and just doing the keyboard cat. Like uh, after, a, after a long, arduous weekend of a lot of things going on in the news, it was fun to unwind at the end of it with a lot is, of just awful takes from me and fun responses from the people who wait, put I, up with me. I don't know what your – okay, so uh, I know you hate peanut butter. I know you hate ranch. Okay, so now – what is your take on pineapple on pe- – is it good or no? I said hard no thank you. Hard no no Hard thank no thank you. Wow. But now wait, so you said hard no thank you. That's because you just don't like it or you think it's a bad combination? I don't like it and what I say goes. <laughs> that was actually the funniest part is that, you know, for the most part everybody's in on the bit. One person actually responded like – and when I said, listen, if you put ranch on a salad, I have to question everything about you as a person. And then somebody responded with, if you don't realize that people's taste buds are different, I have to question everything about you as a person. I was like, and I quote to her, I was like, no, incorrect. My opinions are the only ones that matter. And I'm very, very serious about this because it's just so funny. I'm like, did they get the bit after that? Or? They no, never, probably they never, not. Of course not. Probably they never, not. Re- they never responded not. because uh, it's like, what are you what? <laughs> like, do you really think that anybody is this like what? self-absorbed and serious to think like? No, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's Twitter. It's a, it's all a right. joke. No. I'm a walking take, takes and bits. That's no, all I am. Takes and bits. That's all you are. The takes and bits podcast. All right. Oof. All right. Uh, great podcast man. today. I cannot believe it pushed an hour and a half, but here what, we are. Hour and twelve minutes right now. Uh, it pushed two hours. I can't believe it. Yeah. For forget Alex- you were late. <laughs> one point five million minutes. <laughs> 
Alex Gellar, the Whisket from Wisconsin, MG, my guy, Mark Grant, Matt Harmon. We're going to miss you, pal. And I'm James Coe. You've been listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. We'll see you. Hey, it's Money Gramps. Money Gramps in the house. Cha-ching. Woo. What do you got? What do you got in that bag? A bunch of gold doubloons? <laughs> doubloons? What? <laughs> you could have done better than that. What? How could I have done better than that? Why? Like, why would Money Gramps have gold doubloons? Why wouldn't he have like gold-plated items and stuff in there? Because it's gold, Jack. That means it's he's rich. Like a gold-plated gold. right, iPad you- case and like. What do you do with gold-plated laptop? What do you do with doubloons? Like, does anybody accept doubloons? Is that legal tender even? Can't be. Pirates. <laughs> That's what pirates are after. God, don't you guys watch any pirate movies? Do you? <laughs> Immediately as soon as I said it, I was like, what other pirate movies are there other than Pirates of the Caribbean and Hook? And I couldn't think of any. I mean, Captain Captain Phillips. <laughs> Which give me? What's that? I'm the oh, captain now. I am the captain now. I, I, the captain. I, I ain't seen Bro, that. who could forget Treasure Island? Uh, lots of people, actually. <laughs> or what was the uh, Cutthroat Island? Cutthroat Island. What about, uh, could we consider Swiss Family Robinson a pirate movie? There are pirates in the Goonies. James, are you on one? I'm on two. I'm sorry. There okay. are pirates are, in the Goonies. You're on two? No, you're on one. No, no, I'm on two, buddy. I just silenced Oh, two. just. And you're Jesus on one. Christ, I am on one. Christ. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Oh, don't silence two. No, I'm three. I'm three. Don't silence three. Three, three's got stuff to say. Got stuff to say on. Oh. That was just too perfect. Predictable, but still uh, offensive. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.